Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Natalie Jean, it's Natalie Jean, yes, it's Chatting with Nat, and today we have the honor of having folk artist Letty Garza. The label, World Music, hardly does justice to the radical eclecticism of Letty Garza, who transitions from merengue to folk on the pillar of a powerful and heartfelt voice with a message of social justice. That was from AL Dia News, April 2021. Letty Garza is Tejana. Her music refuses categorization. I love that. She draws from her North American roots in Texas folk, Latin jazz, and New Age. Her rhythmic music includes the Afro-Caribbean rhythms of Cuba's son, Danzan, and boleros, the valses and baladas of Mexico, the trova, cumbia, and merengue beats of South and Central America, and Brazil's bossa nova and samba. Album Borderland, uh, she has an album called Borderland. Borderland is a raw, exquisite global folk album that speaks directly to exigent political issues of our time. There's also a musical map for transcending the social atomization of the contemporary moment to find community and to act collectively. Indeed, Letty's tender vocals, laced with the pattering footsteps of keys, make for the most clarion and beckoning of guides. That was a mouthful, but I loved it. Let's give her a warm round of applause, because she's phenomenal. Letty Garza. Hi, Letty. How are you? I am a... I'm doing very well. Thank you, Natalie. How are you? <laughs> well, well, you know, trying to survive a pandemic, variants, uh, global warming, climate change, uh, racism. It's all good. <laughs> gone crazy. Well, that's all. I'm trying to survive that, yes. kind of, that kind of thing. Yes. So how have you been during the pandemic? Well, um, I really try to take it a, a day-to-day Sometimes in moment to moment, I think that's really the only way I can get through it um, most of the time. Uh, every once in a while, I, uh, you know, I try to look ahead, but I don't, I don't do it uh, very seriously a lot of times. I do it sort of little glimpses. I try to stay in the present. Yeah. Um, I like that way of thinking. I try to stay in the present, too, sometimes. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the other side tries to come through, but I try to stay in the present is, um, because, whew, I mean, every day you're just like, okay. Um, now, during this pandemic this year or the last year, did you do any live streaming? Pandemic hit uh, in, uh, in my uh, area of the world. It was in March, and mm. most directly. And then I created, a uh, in response to... The world's going nuts. So uh, I created a, a program called um, uh, now I can't remember the name of the program, but I can remember the content. It was a 
it was a three times a week I would go on to a pond and live stream for half an hour. Uh, okay. Ten minutes would be just watching uh, the light uh, go from early dawn until morning. So it was watching the, the life on the pond. It was a meditation uh, live streaming program. And the rest of the 20 minutes, I would play music, both from other artists I knew, um, mm-hmm. and occasionally something of mine. But because I lived in the country, I had just moved right before the pandemic hit. I discovered that um, my bandwidth out there was very poor. So I had to, after two months, I gave up. (laughs) I can't do this. It's not working. I tried, I tried, but it just wasn't possible. That's happening all over the rural country. I live in a rural country now. So yet another, you know, challenge that um, a lot of people are facing because we're reliant upon the internet. But if you don't have good internet, then, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, Amen. Go to your go to your relatives' homes and such such things as that. As a matter of fact, I'm speaking to you from another house right now, so that I make sure we have good connectivity. <laughs> I love that. Well, hey, you did everything you could to be on here, so I appreciate that. Um, so one of the questions that I ask everybody is something that I reflected on uh, during this whole time and this this year and last year um, is that. During this time, you know, a lot of people had time to reflect, okay? When you're looking at the pandemic, you see two sides of the coin. You see horrific things, people dying, people getting sick. On the other side, you know, there are a lot of things that were revealed to a lot of people during that time, you know. Uh, some, you know, I realize, you know, people can't live without, you know, physical touch. You know, hugging is important in our daily lives. Communicating with other people is important in our daily lives. And what I noticed you know, obviously when no one lives in the street um, and climate change, the animals were like, well, I can walk out, I can run, it's clear. Mother Nature was opened, it was beautiful and all that kinds of things. So you saw the pros and you saw the cons of the pandemic. But also, in speaking to some of my colleagues and friends and associates and stuff, um, I know somebody that decided to cut back on work because we made them realize that they were missing a lot out of their children's lives or their families' lives. Um, some people quit their jobs and realized they wanted to do something more with their lives. They really wanted to be happy. It wasn't all about uh, money. Um, people really took the time to internally reflect about who they want to be, how they want to be perceived. Um, as an artist, um, did you take some time to reflect at all during this time about how you want to be perceived as an artist? Did you, did you change your mind on your brand? What were you thinking? Um, well, that's a big question. And um, again, I, I just think, well, as an artist, artists are always, not only during pandemics, but for me, it's always been a constant um, analyzation of you know, who I am, where am I going, what does this mean, uh, why am I doing this, and uh, does this have any meaning um, mm. and so and I'm although I love humor and I love to laugh I'm yeah. super serious and uh, so yeah of course I definitely reflected even um, sort of more frequently and more seriously about 
what is it that my life is, you know, who am I? What is my life about both pre-pandemic and in within the pandemic as it was hap- unfolding and, and currently what's going on? And um, I guess um, I I guess the positive is that I was able to look within and say, you know, I really have always felt that what I do, which is um, create music, and earlier um, I've been an artist in many different genres. Mm-hmm. Um, I was originally a dancer, um, but all of my artwork has been so much um, a part of who I am. It's always been hard to disidentify from me being uh, a creative person. And right. so no, no matter what I'm doing, but currently, well, for the rest of my life, I think, you know, I've settled into music as a final iteration of what I'm doing. But art is, I was thinking about this today, as a matter of fact. Art is something that it's hard for me to question uh, whether or not it's still something I want to do because uh, I think of a lot of the die die hard hardcore artists. It's not a it's not a choice, and um, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's not a choice. Right. Um, I'll continue to do this because it's who I am, and how that manifests artistically is done in a variety of ways because I don't think an artist necessarily has to produce a body of work for a public uh, to to enjoy, although for me it has been, and probably for many artists it is, but right. I think it's that process of creating that's really super important. And um, But I'm a performing artist, so yeah, for me it is also about, like, I recognize I'm an artist, I kind of looked at that again during the pandemic. Even then, there was no one to perform to. <laughs> and, uh, very, very fun, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, pissing uh, at home for a month at a time, uh, really not a whole lot of feedback, you know. <laughs> but um, anyway, so, yeah, I guess I just, just uh, dug deep and kept saying, or you know, looked at it. There were points, sure. I think there will continue to be points in which I say to myself, "Okay, so I know I'm an artist, but hey, um, you know, is, is this bringing any meaning anywhere to anybody besides me? You know, is this right? doing anything for the state of what is? Um, because if it's not, then I'm going to take what I do, create creative wise, and find a creative way to, uh, you know, use my art in a more functional manner. Right. Things that I perceive need, you know, helping with. As a matter of fact, that's partly why I did the album Borderlands. Um, mm-hmm. It was a way to bring a meaning to my artwork that uh, I felt was uh, kind of illuminated is already, what was already happening uh that people are aware of border issues, but they don't really think about them very much because we're so overwhelmed by so many things to think about. Right. Um, but the, the topic was one that really struck me personally because I live close to the border and because I am Hispanic and uh, because my family is from the border, you know, too. And so um, anyway, 
hope that answered your question. You know, I can go on a long time, Natalie. <laughs> I just have to tell you. It it answered my question. Now, what was it about music that made you say, oh, my gosh, music is me? Was it something that you watched? Was it something that you heard? You know, what gave you that aha moment that, okay, music is me. I just got to do it. Well, for me, it was a reverse. Um, (laughs) It wasn't an aha moment. Uh, One day... But I grew up in a household that, that people were always doing creative endeavors. My parents were just really progressive in that sense. We grew up with music all around us and art and heated discussions. And, um, it was a good household for being creative. We weren't allowed to do things other kids do, did. Mm-hmm. We uh, had to stay in our room every day. We had to stay in our room for a couple of hours and hang out. We could go out. We had to, like, get a book or whatever we wanted to do was fine, but we couldn't go out. We had to, like, rest, and I don't know. I guess they wanted us to meditate when we were young or something. I'm not sure. But it led to other things, that being that we were – we grew up, I think, a bit differently. We weren't very mainstream as a family, even though the suburbs. But one day, uh, instead of the aha moment, one day I noticed that – I'm, I'm very, I've always been uh, growing up very naive and uh, just very idealistic and you could say in some ways stereotypical artist person uh, type. Uh, but one day I looked up and I said, you know what, um, all this time I've been thinking that everybody thinks exactly the way I think. And I just noticed that they don't. I noticed that they don't in a very, very large way. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like I just you know like I thought everybody loves to read for example or everybody loves music or everybody loves to look at a piece of artwork for a long time and just just look at it again and then look at it the next day and you see something different I mean all those things that I was doing all the time or uh, I noticed one day that well some people like to talk about of course sports I never talked about sports still don't course everybody else does and and that's great you know that's maybe their form of art but uh I just was super different and I still am and uh so it wasn't an aha moment in terms of I was different I noticed that everybody else is different so okay well I guess I really am just that um I didn't know about it and and now I know what it is but that I'm an artist I guess it's a good thing I know that now and that not everybody is going to agree with me not everybody's going to see what I see so maybe I can okay. uh, show them. And it's okay. It doesn't matter what other people yeah. think. <laughs> You've got to do you. No. you got to do your thing. You were born to do something. You're going to do it. What I love is something that's in your bio. It says, her music refuses categorization, which I love. Because so many times people will say, well, Natalie, what's your genre? And I say, I'm an artist. I create. No, they say, what's your genre? I said, I'm an artist. I create. Because I do, like you, I do several different genres um but right now i'm focused on the uh, americana because i really like the song singer songwriter aspect of americana which is almost like in every Mm -hmm. every genre as well um how important is it for you to be authentic with your music and and speaking your truth how important is it well i would hope that it's um 
I, I would hope it's, it's of the greatest importance to any artist to be authentic, uh, unless unless that authenticity means that you don't want to be authentic and you want right. to create art that's you know supposed to disguise you. But that's even a, that's authentic in itself if your intention is to be that way. But um, yeah, I think a lot of times we don't know kind of who we are or what we think about until we're working on something that challenges us or that intrigues us. And then we, you know, I always think of an onion all the time. It's like, well, let's peel this away or like a sculptor. Let's chip away mm-hmm. those pieces of clay until something else is revealed. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's extremely important to me to be, uh, to try to express authenticity in my work. And I think the work that I've done, you know, is, is um is that i think that's that's true for what i've done that's awesome um just like you i you know my last album was a social impact message album um my goal was not to you know try to change people's minds because most people listen to you when you're trying to badger them with some some information but right more about yeah it's more about putting people in the shoes of the other person and saying, okay, what would you do in this kind of situation? This is the reality of our world right now. And I love the fact that you are one of the brave ones that writes about the situations going on in the world. You know, how do you, how important do you think it is for artists to really create message songs? Um, I think, um, I think it's really a personal choice. And I think it should be, um, I do think the artists that I enjoy the most listening to or communicating with are usually, for me, they're usually the artists who um, have some sort of desire to be uh, socially re- relevant, politically, mm-hmm. uh, challenge the politics of the times, try to create a, you know, a more egalitarian state of, of the world. Uh, right. Those are the artists I usually enjoy being around or, like I said, or enjoy their music. But I don't think that it's anything. I, I, I don't believe at all that artists should be, you know, made to feel like they have to create, you know, socially relevant work. That's up to them. <laughs> Some artists, if they want to, you know, make gumballs and the gumballs <laughs> have bright colors and and they're really chummy, chewy, and people love to see that, that's totally valid, too, as far as I'm concerned. It will appeal to someone else, and that's fine. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah, we should be allowed to create as we want to create. I agree with you. Um, you know, in the past couple of years, I've always been thinking about changing my personal brand. You know, I want to be a more effective player in life. I want my music to make a difference. But while I was um, in the, during the pandemic, I said, you know, I, I definitely want to keep doing that. But you know, I'm also intrigued by sync and licensing. And yeah, some of my songs can go into sync and licensing, but I've been watching shows and learning uh, about the music that those kind of shows uh, require and stuff like that. So I'm delving uh, deeper into those avenues because as musicians, obviously, we're not making much money on the spot of the streaming. It's just not happening with half of that. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just not. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's either you have to tour, sell your merch, live stream and get some tips um it's a it's a struggle it's a struggle so we definitely have to find many different avenues uh to get our music to be seen and heard um 
are you interested in the sync and licensing um, part of the business? I am interested in anything in part of the music business that has to do with creating some sort of stream of income. Right. I think multi-streaming income for musicians obviously is something that's necessary for those who rely upon their music business. But I have done little about um, investigating sync licensing, excuse me, because I guess I just, I haven't had time. Because I think that's another super, you know, challenging thing for musicians is we just don't have time to do all the many things. I know. But once you find the time, once you start to dig a little bit, then you can dig a little deeper. And so I haven't, I haven't approached it yet. And also the other reason though is that uh, up until this last album or the last two albums, perhaps <clears throat> I, I had, I was first, when I first started doing my art, I was doing <clears throat> cover music because mm-hmm. I was growing as an artist and I didn't know kind of where I wanted to go with in my work yet, but there were some artists that I wanted to explore. So, and that's less, my understanding is that it's going to be less lucrative uh, to license if you're doing cover music. So now I'm more interested because I'm my, my songs and you know, my own. And so, but I still haven't done much about it. Yeah. I am. That's where I'm at. The whole cover song thing boggles me. One year I went to uh, Midham in, in the south of France, and they were like, oh, you know, you really want to do a cover song and blah, blah. I just don't believe in that stuff. I know when I perform and I have a three-hour set, yeah, I do covers, but when it comes to releasing, I'm just, they're like, that's the way to be seen and heard. But uh, I know some of the stars out, out there, they weren't uh, discovered because they did a cover. <laughs> They were discovered because they did their own music and it was different. It was versatile, blah, blah, blah. Um, right. But yeah, I do agree with you because I was talking to Nikki about this, that right now there is a, a section in the music business where they're looking for people that can do covers of specific songs. And if, But the thing, the thing with covers is that if you're going to do a cover, you've got, I mean, you've got to nail it. Like, I mm-hmm. love... I love Celine Dion, but I would never, I, because Celine Dion is like a force to be reckoned with. I, I wouldn't even, I cannot even touch the hem of her garment. <laughs> because I believe it. Now, I do sing some of her French songs when I perform, because I think I can do those. But the English, I'm like, oh, don't, I don't know if I can, I can touch those. But I will, uh, sometime this month or next month, I will send you some information about sync stuff so you can have it. Because um, I during the pandemic, I was on Clubhouse and another app, and this one woman I met who was fantastic gave us all this information on how to get your songs into sync and licensing and all that stuff. And yeah, you are correct. It is all another thing to add to your already long list of things to do. There's not enough hours in the day to do all the stuff that we need to do. There's just not. No, Between being social media, not. writing music, sync and licensing, Marketing and promoing your own stuff, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, <laughs> what, what is your writing process like? Um, and if you get writer's block, how do you deal with that? Well, <clears throat> well, let's see what I can say. Um, 
I, my practice of creating music right now is, um, I'd say what I, what I allow myself. Um, I do not have to uh, do music for a living, first of all. I do it as, because that's what I've done all of my life, created art, and have survived on it in the past, but right now I don't have to. Right. So, but what I do have to do is, uh, and by choice, is I do have to pay attention to um, where I want my time to be spent. Not just where I want my time to be spent, right. but um, how I, you know, what I want to focus on while I'm here. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the earth, I think. And <clears throat> so um, now I'm losing the question. What was the question that was relevant? <laughs> um, I, was saying, I, look, I went away from there for a minute. Here I am now. It's well, I was, oh, I was asking, I asked you, I almost forgot to question myself. You see, Brent, the brain falls. <laughs> I was asking you about your writing process. What is your writing process like? How do you oh, deal oh, with oh, yeah, right. So the long, lengthy explanation <laughs> is that is that because I make choices to do certain things with my day, mm-hmm. and my energy is a certain amount of energy, um, I allow myself to not have to um, write daily. Mm. And I, whenever I do create music, uh, so far in my life, I'm, I'm actually allowing myself to just really be free at the moment in terms okay. of um, in terms of being um, uh, disciplined about it. Just just for now, I mean, I I'm a super disciplined person, but I'm allowing myself not to be just for now. Just for the next, I don't know how long. I'm not putting a time limit. Could be next week. But, right. <clears throat> Just for now, I'm allowing myself not to be disciplined about it because of the circumstances in which we live and because mm-hmm. of how I want to approach my time while I'm here. And mm-hmm. so because of that also, what does happen is that when I create music or when I write lyrics or when I do anything with the creative process with music, what happens to me anyway is that I, I, it comes to me like at night or it comes to me while I'm somewhere, you know, walking around or in my car or if I'm thinking about something or if I'm not thinking about something, something will come to me. And then if I'm in a position where I just stop wherever I am and just record it on my phone or in, mainly on my phone, or if I'm at home, I'll go play it on the piano and record it on my phone, some things. That's kind of how I have been doing it this past um well, in general, that's kind of how I do it um, because it's a lot more or, – that's how it happens for me. It's organic and, uh, yeah, that's pretty All much right. it. Okay, so we're going to play your song, Borderland. Tell us what that's about. Okay. <clears throat> and before I do, before I do, I'll do anything. In terms of writing lyrics, I do want to add to this. Okay. Sometimes I do make a discipline of writing lyrics like for a couple weeks at a time uh, in the morning, usually. Uh, but that's also because I feel the I feel like uh, I feel like it because I feel it coming to me, whatever that is, you know. Yeah. So I will like 
sit down and write for half an hour, and it and it feels really good. If I feel you know stymied, if I feel like I can't do it, um, because we're in this strange time, I say, okay, must mean today. I need to think about what is it I need to do right now. <clears throat> That's how I'm living my life currently. Um, back to Borderland. Borderland was uh, another example of things just kind of coming to me. Um, a lot of times I think artists' material, the material that we uh, create, it comes to them uh, through information that we feed ourselves, through the experiences that we have uh, in the world. And when I went, to, I went to the border for off and on for a couple of years, <clears throat> in various the border, but I went to children's detention camps um, okay. to witness what was going on with the immigration border problem for children in particular, and was meeting protesters during that time period and uh, doing music uh, over there, different places. And that was my sort of my time for the creation of this album to come, Borderland. Um, because every time, you know, I would go and be a part of this worldwide phenomenon of people migrating, not just at the Texas-Mexican border, of course, but worldwide, <clears throat> I was feeling like um, this is um, so relevant to me and to these people that I'm seeing and that um, it was an easy it was an easy thing for me, easy in the sense that there's nothing I wanted to do more than right. to uh, write some songs about this. So I did that. Uh, wrote the songs over the period of time where I was going to the border. And then um, it was, it's just, a, by the way, it's an EP, it's not a full length album. And also for the past few years before that, um, my trajectory as a singer songwriter. Uh, has often included, has always included music that's um, about social consciousness and political consciousness, especially in Latin American countries, repression, oppression, um, you know, the canceling of culture and such things because of my background, because of my heritage. So, right. you know, the material I'll, I'll certainly speak for me to, to address, not easy, but it's, it, it's what I'm interested in. So Borderland was birthed, birthed, and uh, I recorded it at the end of, started recording it at the end of 2019 and finished it up at the beginning of 2020. Mm. Released it in May 2021. Is it May? Yep, early May. And there you have it. Alrighty, well, let's play it. Let this play. On the borderland today, where the people are gathering with their families and their hopes, without much. But just a prayer They've come all this way 
Cause they have a dream Just to find a home They can call their own Just to live and breathe With their families Find a way to live With less fear, less pain
moving, very touching. I love that. Very authentic. Oh, thank you. I loved it. Thank you um, so much. What do you enjoy about being an artist? Um, I enjoy the ability to child in my view of the world to mm-hmm. see things born and reborn and die and cycle and see the beauty in all of those things. I am uh, like a child in some, sometimes in how I see the world. Um, not always, of course, but um, I think because I am an artist, mm-hmm. I find um, my, uh, my vision is different and it's, right. uh, it can be really sad too. I mean, I can just yeah. want to die. Uh, it, I can die and I can be reborn. That's why I say both. Um, but that's, I think what an artist does, we do both. Yep. And I also think we, um, we also foretell foreshadow and foretell and um, sort of, you know, we play a lot of roles. We're healers. We're soothsayers. That's right. Um, we color the world with what we do. We, we put emotions behind it. And by the way, I was looking over some of the things that you do on your website and I really love you know, you mentioned this on your interview, uh, this interview earlier, that you do a lot of different kinds of uh, art, and you don't categorize yourself either. And so I really appreciated seeing that, by the way. wanted to just mention that. Oh, Betty. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, what is the one thing or one of the things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? <laughs> yeah, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I have to tell you the story of how I got into the music industry. Let me tell you that then you know why I'm laughing. Um, well, first of all, like I, I mentioned earlier, I was a professional dancer for a very, very long time. I started dancing but from the time I was three. <laughs> I was in a dance company when I was 11 and, and quit dancing in between all that, I started a, um, well, I was an arts administrator. Uh, mm-hmm. I was an actor in different local companies just to explore what that was about. Uh, did some film and some acting on stage. Um, I have always written uh, in different capacities. And mm-hmm. I created my own multidisciplinary performance arts company for about seven to ten years, seven, oh, wow. seven years, seven productions. And so it was when I was in my um, uh, phase as a director, producer, writer, sometimes I would act in my things that I would create. Uh, it was in that phase of running this company when I looked up and I said, God, I'm working so hard. I don't have any time off anymore, anymore, anymore. I also have a family. I also had a family. And uh, 
two children and um, still have the same husband. Um, but anyway, and during that time period when I was towards the tail end of that company, I was really, really exhausted. And my company was growing and I was loving what I was creating. Right. But I went into the music industry because I thought, I've got to find something that's easier that I don't have to give up so much of my time that I can still create my work, but something really simple. So I'll just make, I'll just create a band and start singing. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and, and the thing with it, so it's, that I laugh about is that it's really not a function of one art form or one type of work being simpler or, or more difficult. It's really a function of who you are, what happens to your, what happens to you in life. You know, it's like, well, how do you approach things? Well, I, you know, I have to do everything like type A. So, so yeah, it never got easier. <laughs> it never is going to get easier. Not why I'm doing it anyway. I guess, you know, I, that's because I, I love what I do. <laughs> Amen. To Forget me. about the simplicity of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the simplicity. Um. <laughs> Um, so what is a quote or message um, that you like to use um, every day or during the month, once a month, once a year, that helps you, that mot- helps you get motivated? It motivates my work? It motivates me to keep going or yeah, that motivated. is a motivating statement? Or <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me think for a sec. Um, well, for the past couple of years, at least, um, I read a lot of consciousness raising, and um, I'd say or to say something uh, to motivate me, or to just um, yeah, to motivate me. I would say uh, to. Uh, to look up every day and and say uh, to yourself and to the world to not to judge and to accept what is what is that that moment that doesn't mean that you can't never change things but it means is that you um, surrender what to what is right then and there you can have the heart to continue. And so that you can have the right attitude to do what you do. Um, so that's what I would say. I love it. Uh, well, Letty, I can't believe our time is up. I mean, I've learned so much. You can't. From- <laughs> I can't believe it's up. I can't believe. But thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. I really appreciate it. I've learned so much. And I- Definitely going to get send you some of the stuff for um, thinking licensing because I think your music will work really well um, in those in that avenue. Oh, cool! And we we've all well, got to make money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I love it. Thank you. And I will say my only thing about today's conversation is I wanted to also know more about you. So that's the only thing that I missed. <laughs> And I look forward to a time maybe I can talk about what you are, what you are about more, 
I mean, I read about it and I hear your music. I love what you did uh, recently. I've been listening to to you to your work. So thank you for having me on, and I look forward to that getting to know yeah. you through time. Yes, let's chat another time, and you can get to know me a lot better. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So this was Chatting with Nat with folk artist Letty Garza. She's amazing. You can find her at www.lettygarza.com. It's also on Facebook, Instagram, or just Google her. She's amazing. Find her. I love her. She's authentic. She speaks her truth, and she's not categorized, just like me. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your